This is a Think Live Be production. inside of my nose and it hurts oh like, like i like hate a, that oh, like you can't see it yeah are we recording yeah oh goodness <laughs> kayla has a pimple i have a pimple inside of my nose <laughs> but i do those those ones that really hurt yeah <laughs> it hurts <laughs> even at my age i still get pimples too <laughs> everybody does i are, think are they in the wrinkles <laughs> oh man <laughs> That's harsh. Ouch. <laughs> My feelings are hurt now. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's lots of things happening besides blemishes on <laughs> Kayla's face. <laughs> uh, this week, actually, this week starts uh, family reunion. So that's exciting. Woo-hoo. Which is for people who might not be Keller Williams agents. Well, it's it's our one of our annual conferences, and it's usually it's held in different cities. Um, this year was supposed to be in Vegas, and actually, had it been in Vegas, probably wouldn't have gone because I don't know why, but I just have no desire to go to Las Vegas. It's going back three hours, I think, is the bigger part of not wanting to go back. Yeah, like I like there. to go when it's a city I want to enjoy, but also when it's not too far, because then I can still work and be on the same. Not the same time zone sometimes, but like close enough, you know, where yeah. it doesn't completely derail your your week. So, um, but this year, of course, it's virtual. So we did virtual mega camp last year, which is another Keller Williams conference. And um, I thought it went pretty well. It was, it was still good. Yeah. I mean, was, we, you got the nuggets different. out of it that you kind of go to the main conferences for. You're not running up and down the hallways. Is, is that the one that you guys did here at the house? Yeah. In, yeah. Where we, okay. we kind of, we, we wanted to pretend like we were really there oh right we even ordered tacos yeah, yeah i think we talked about <laughs> because, that a bit. yeah because normally mega camp is in austin so we pretended we were there and ordered tacos every day are you guys doing that for you this? know we haven't really talked about it no i don't really know what's going on it's in my know. calendar though yeah well <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out yeah i didn't do as much planning i think but um we got our sessions good. picked out it seems like there's less is there less sessions than I, th- I think it's just, um, yes, I think it is less and I think it's uh, like more streamlined. Okay. So there's not like. It's all the goods. Yeah. Like Straight family reunion. I always used to compare family reunion to like going to college and you pick out your um, your classes for the year. And so family reunions like that, like you pick out the sessions you want to attend and then you run all over the convention center and it's like saying hi to people is like, you know, yeah, and it's like running all over the campus. So it feels like college. Um, There are general sessions, but mega camps different because it's mostly general sessions. Um, So it's just different and it's like a different kind of uh, vibe. Family reunion has lots of different sessions or it has in the past where like you could be a brand new agent and go to family reunion and get a lot out of it. Whereas mm-hmm. mega camp, I always felt like was maybe um, a little, I don't know if it's a more advanced, but like, I mean, it's called mega agent or yeah. mega camp. Speci- like I think it's specified for people who are owning, like it's an actual business to them and they're growing it. Yeah. Not to say that you couldn't go to mega camp without being mega agent or having a team or anything like that. You could, it's, there's not like a limit to it, but it just is designed around that kind of platform. Yeah, you might not get yeah. as much out of it. Right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's exciting though. It's a, you know, I think it's the second virtual conference, so maybe they figured some things out and <laughs> I know that they have a lot of cool little, um, 
like networking rooms where mm-hmm. we can now network with people in across the country um, or across the seas. Yeah. They have their little chat rooms that we can jump into, say hello, somebody in Scotland or Spain or something. Can I tell you how I feel about that? What? <laughs> so I don't like... Not spending all that money to say hi to somebody in <laughs> well, Spain. Well, no. It's not that like, okay, networking is great. And a lot of people go to the conferences for that reason, because they want to meet and develop relationships with people in cities that they might be able to refer business. That's all great. I'm just not that much of a people person. So yeah. I don't even like to really attend networking events at all. <laughs> but at least if you go to a fun city or going out to eat and drink at a new place. So that's part of the networking. That's yeah. fun. But just to go in a chat room, I'm not that excited so about that. You, you, can be, you can be lured with ribs. I can be lured with, with brisket and tacos and what else? <laughs> like a fancy drink. Pizza. Really anything. Re- really any food or drink. I can be lured into a networking <laughs> environment. But now here's the key though. If there's not food, it's awkward to me. Like if it's just a bar setting, I, we've walked in. Do you remember that? I don't remember if that was Mega Camp. We walked into an event. I won't say which one. Um, and it was just at the bar. And so everybody was kind of like at, oh, at yes. the bar and getting drinks. And you can hardly walk anywhere. And it was packed with people. And it was just like, oh, I don't know. It felt like a like you were looking for a date or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it just, and it felt like everybody was already talking to everyone. And, and it's or, like, or, or are you going to jump drink. right into their circle and it start was talking? awkward. No. So if there's no food <laughs> or like set up in such a way that you can really easily get into conversation with people, it feels really awkward when you walk in the room and you're like, I don't know anybody. Like, who do I talk to? Maybe chat rooms are different. You know why food know. is needed? Because that's the icebreaker. That's how you start the small talk conversation yeah. with somebody new. You like accidentally <laughs> reach for the last slice of something the <laughs> at la- the same the time. The last bacon wrapped shrimp. Right? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, hi, where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I'm curious to see how the chat rooms is. I, I, I'm how they are. I might pop into one just to see the experience, but yeah. I'm not like that's not what I'm going for. Mm-mm. Going yeah. to learn, folks. <laughs> um, speaking of learning. You're That's probably, what we're here for. <laughs> well, you're probably here listening to our podcast. It's called Seeking the Best. Probably um, here. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they accidentally came upon it and they're like, what is this? But this is our podcast where we try to seek out the best in ourselves as uh, in the real estate profession and overcoming all of the hurdles that we have to go through as realtors and operations people in the real estate industry. And I'm Catherine Stelges. And across from me is my co-host, Kayla Boundy. Hi. And our other co-host, sound engineer, producer, <laughs> Patrick Fatika. <laughs> I almost said, uh, and licensed agent. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. Are you in the course? <laughs> no. Not yet. <laughs> uh, keep work. Yeah. Um, no. But uh, maybe, maybe 2021 will bring new things. Who knows? Anyways, this is our podcast. And um, we're kind of picking up what we were talking about last week. Um, with we, we were gonna go down a rabbit hole. We were gonna go down and a rabbit we said, hole. We said, "Hold on a second, that's and, too deep." And then, um, and then I got back on track, which is rare. Um, <laughs> but I thought maybe we would talk about that rabbit hole today as like a full conversation. Are you guys really, remind me of that rabbit hole? Do you want to go down a rabbit hole with me today? Sure. <laughs> okay. Let me let me just find out where uh where I was going to start with that because <laughs> I lost my plates. Um, but do you remember what we were talking about last week? Seriously. Do I? Do you? Yeah. Just like 
cutting cutting it's back all, commission all, all right together right. oh right commissions yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so we were talking about you know should you cut your commission and how you hear that a lot like people ask for a reduced commission or they ask for a credit back at closing and things like that and we were talking about you know when it's makes sense when it maybe doesn't um and all that stuff but the rabbit hole i was going to go into was we, t- we talked about why that exists in this market today. It happens so much more frequently because there's such competition with agents. Like that's, I think, the big factor. There's so many realtors um, and licensed agents in the business. But I think that there's more at play than just that one thing. And this was my rabbit hole. It was like people, of course, some people want to deal and stuff like that. But it's, it's more about the industry changes that are happening and... You know, I'm not getting big into, yes, Zillow is acquiring showing time, but not not getting into that whole um, thing, but just the industry is changing. It has been for a really long time and more companies are getting in the middle, like in, in between us and the consumer. And then they're taking a piece of the pie, which then makes it even more challenging to give a reduced commission to begin with because you have to give a piece of the pie to some other company. Um so it was more about like that and what's going on there. Right. So, yeah, we won't get into the, the showing time thing because that's a big, big issue. And, and like you said, like it, things are changing, but things are always changing. And mm-hmm. that it doesn't make any sense for anybody to, I think I was saying before we were kind of when this, when that whole thing happened, um, it's good to keep your eye on the horizon but don't change direction on a hunch of something that you don't understand exactly how things are going to play out. Just keep your head down and keep doing what you're doing. Um, when you see changes in front of you, you you've got to keep your eye, like I said, keep your eye on that horizon and keep a lookout. And with everything that's going on with that, that's so far down the horizon that it doesn't make sense to, I'm going to change my whole company tomorrow. No. Well, I just see like a lot of and no no judgment on any of it, but like so many Facebook posts about it. And like I haven't looked at Facebook now in a couple of days because I was like overwhelmed with all of the. It was a lot of them. And, a lot. And yeah, again, no, no judgment, but like maybe get off Facebook and like just do the activities that you need to do right. to keep your business going. It's just <laughs> yeah. a tool just in your tool belt. Yeah. Using getting on in, on a message board with. 10 other realtors and talking all day about how the, what you think is going to happen. What that says to me is that you weren't doing your lead generation like you were supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And if you focus again, on your like, lead let's generation, be really clear. Like you need to pay attention to what's happening in the industry. It is important. Keep it everybody, on the horizon. Everybody has been saying that for years, but it was crazy. Like how much time must have been spent last week on Facebook, just right. commenting about like really just fear-based stuff of like what's going to happen and all those things. And it's like, but we're not the only industry that's changing. And this is why I think it's important to know and and keep your eyes on it, but just keep working towards your goals and, and adjust as you need to is like, we're not the only industry that technology has affected. And of course there's like a million examples. Um, what about like at home doctor appointments? Do you think that's affecting any of that? Sure. Well, yeah, because, be. you, because you can do an at home doctor and that doctor doesn't necessarily live in your town. Mm-hmm. In fact, they don't. And so now you're not going to the local providers. Sure, that, it affects it in some, some ways, way. but it's like 
what what other technology has helped that doctor in in just being able to book his appointments and and just technology in general it's like for every bad thing that happens there's something, there's something good that you can take advantage of well we you i mean to talk about real quick um showing time like we use that service for our showings and why like we pay for that mm-hmm. and why because it makes our life easier like if we didn't have showing time then <laughs> on those showings that get like 58 showings in three days yeah i mean if you spend all day just trying to coordinate showings and is that our highest and best use of time no so showing time has been really really awesome and helpful and i i don't know what zillow is going to do with it and i mean we can all um sort of think about where this is going and stuff and maybe keller williams needs to build their own <laughs> their own uh but not enough to take away your time and your lead generation and the business itself. Well, I'm going to keep at the moment going to keep using showing time because mm-hmm. it helps us save time. Yeah. And that's really important for us. You know, we would not have the business that we have. We wouldn't be able to grow at all if we, if we had to deal with showing requests for every single listing personally. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Um, that was the best purchase decision ever made best green light decision (laughs) (laughs) but uh but so every industry is experiencing this and there's different things like like you've got things like uber where um you know uber doesn't own any real estate or not real estate they don't own any cars they don't you know own any restaurants they don't you know do anything they just have a platform for getting you food or to places efficiently and so What's interesting about that that one is like it actually maybe has helped a lot of a lot of local businesses and and where where we're feeling like fear about this big corporate takeover of real estate it's like if you look at other industry changes and um, I mean I guess they probably put some taxi companies out of business but um but with with Uber Eats it's like there's some some local restaurants I wouldn't even know existed. I would never have tried. Like they're opening the eyes to new people. And that's pretty cool. The interesting thing about Uber, I think, is that we actually pay more to use that service than, and I think that the restaurant doesn't make any less. We just pay more for the convenience. Yeah. So it's change. It's changing the industry and the fact that we have more options and we have this tool to use. But it's not the same as what we're what the fear is of real estate. Yeah, I don't know. I don't actually. I'm not sure if that's true. I think the restaurants make less. I think maybe the they pay like a percentage. I think I don't know if it's percentage per meal or they pay a flat rate for to have their menu on there. I'm not really. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like if that was a thing. I guess I didn't. I I didn't like. I'm not really sure how it works. Yeah, but I um. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, but it's like, it's kind of, um, it's another example. I would, um, I guess if you want to like leverage out a showing agent, if you want to talk about pieces of pie, that's that little piece of pie. Well, yeah. Like what are you, you're willing to pay to get your exposure elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So that's all that is for them, but it's like, it changed the way everything works, you know? And so, and then think about like, I mean, Amazon's a huge example, obviously, like they started by selling other people's products and now they sell the same stuff for cheaper. Right. (laughs) Like they're that is that's different because 
you get things faster and cheaper. I think Amazon is the bigger like fear factor. Like what if Amazon got into real estate? I know other people have said that before, but because they figured out a way. People to, live on that website. Like that is, I mean, that's how you get everything. Yeah. You use it like, like Zillow, for example, you only use Zillow when you're in the market for buying or selling a house, you go there, but people go to Amazon every day. Yeah. So they've already, they're already familiar with the site. They're familiar with the brand. They're familiar with all of those things. So to get in, to do real estate just makes sense. But so I think the reason I brought up Amazon was because people have this expectation now to pay certain amounts for things. Like I, if anything's more than like $10, $10 or $20, like little things, I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot because I'm used to just buying it on Amazon. Right. And I can get something sent to me overnight, yeah, like arrive, like wake up in the morning and it's on my doorstep. You don't have to go like be near people at all. Yeah. So... They have made, though, our society like so um, addicted to like that low cost efficiency and we can't accommodate that as individual agents, even teams, even large teams like you don't have the um, the power or the the network or platform to do that. Right. And I mean, I guess that's why Keller Williams is building the, the CRM and the app and all of those things, because they're leveraging the power of, you know, whatever, almost 200,000 agents now. Yeah. And that's that's awesome, but just you have to always remember, like these are these things are forever changing. Yeah, every evolving. this is changing every industry, not just real estate. We're not special. Um, we just have to have, figure out how to work within within it. Sure, it's like look before there was Zillow, uh, there was probably a lot more real estate brokerages that had walk-ins or put their offices in places where people could walk in, right? I'm looking for a house and I walk in because I don't know where else I can see houses. Hey, I remember floor time. Yeah, internet (laughs) internet develops, comes around. It was really probably the invention of the smartphone. All of a sudden, you can get to a website on your phone. You don't need that as much. Does that mean that buyer's agents disappeared? Or that, no, it just, it changes the way things work. And now you can have streaming walkthrough videos of your listings. You couldn't have that eight years ago. It didn't exist. Hey, can I just, Kayla looked at me like she had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, floor time? Floor time. Do you was, know what that is? Did, so th- did they really have that? Yeah. yeah. The first brokerage you were at. The right? first brokerage yeah. I was at. Yeah, we had floor time. We were right downtown Orlando. So it's, it was how, like, it's how new agents got clients. It's how I got one of my first listings. They walk. Um, people would just walk in. People would walk in the door. They had all the pictures of the houses <laughs> up on the windows. I I recall like being a kid. I didn't really know much about real estate at all. Like I didn't even know what a realtor. I didn't know it was called a realtor. Probably. Well, but I remember like pictures on the windows yep. for for brokerage or offices. But that was floor time. That was that's what yeah. it's called. You, she would work on a Saturday morning and go down there at nine o'clock from nine to noon and sit at a desk and supposed to be doing you know her own lead gen and, and somebody stuff walked in. and somebody walked in it's like how can i help you and we're looking to buy a house and it's come right back here and there was a little desk in, or like a uh, conference table in the back and you'd sit them down and talk to them and and that's how you would get buyers as a new as a new agent now there's well, that was a seller i got and sell yeah <laughs> and, 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 yeah so so trying to find an oh, office where what? Oh, I also got a buyer from that. I just remember oh. um, some clients 
that came from floor time. But think about that. That's like, I didn't even think about this until just now. It's like, it's like a retail store. Yeah. It was like where you would go, just like Blockbuster. You go in and get your videos and now that's gone. You would go in and you would meet an agent there and say, what do you got to show me? <laughs> or can you sell my house? And that doesn't exist anymore. I'm not saying not at all. Like I'm sure there's some companies that still have floor time. I mean, just two years ago, we had somebody walk in. Well, that could have been your floor time too. The, the, <laughs> well, there are, pro- I'm sure in small towns and I've seen it like when we've gone to Black Mountain yep, and stuff, there's these little towns that have the real estate office that's on the main street. And, but those have been there for 20 years. Can I just no say, one's opening. <laughs> yep. Hold on. But, Black Mountain also had a video store inside its grocery store up until true. this past trip. That's true. <laughs> hey, listen, I love Black Mountain. If you're in the Asheville area, it's beautiful. But Black Mountain had a video store in the grocery store until last year. I think Springville <laughs> still has an XXX video store in town. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Like, y- yes, small There's towns so many are always that are like still in that. The yeah, era, I guess you would call it. Well, right. So they're living behind the times. And so they'll catch up to this whole Zillow vibe <laughs> in a couple years. But but um, there's tons of other examples. Like think about um, the the place where we get our, our lawn cut. We mm-hmm. use lawn. We use right. lawn star, starter. Right. Wow. I speak. <laughs> but uh, which was a is is basically an app where you go in, you say, this is my address. This is how big the yard is they do a a search on google earth to to plot out the size of the lawn and then they hook you up with uh, a lawn service now when i started that i thought that this was a company this lawn service company that did this i didn't realize that they were basically had a bunch of uh landscape landscapers on a list of independent independent companies and then they would just send one of them and take their cut yeah but you know what though like you wouldn't so for the lawn guy that cuts the lawns um he wouldn't have had our he lawn. wouldn't have had our lawn because yeah. we would have never found him because he doesn't probably even have a business card right you know he probably would knock on a couple doors get a few lawns and like so strictly the, word of mouth yeah word of mouth referral so he wouldn't have he wouldn't be able to grow without something like that service. Yeah. And of course they're going to take their little cut of the pie, like, cause they've provided this platform and also he doesn't have to do as much work, right? Like you don't have to spend the money on the marketing that you would normally, if, not that he was doing that, but if you, if, you know, depending on the type of, of company you are putting uh, those little, those little hangers on the doorknobs and, and going up and down the streets and spending all the money on the on the trailer with the uh, wrap on it with your with your name and number and all of those things. Yeah. You don't do any of that. But so and then here's a few more examples. Thumbtack, which is the same concept as right. Lawn Starter. Um, and then even That's for home home stuff. Yeah. Even you can find home inspectors on there. And all of those people like they put themselves on that platform because they want to find business that they otherwise wouldn't be able to reach because they don't have a marketing budget or whatever. Um, Fiverr. Now, don't get me started or don't get Pat started. Pat, do you not like Fiverr? Doing logos for five bucks. Don't get him started on that. (laughs) Hey, if you want to spend $5 on a logo, that's... Go on on, with your clip art. That's on on you. Yeah, but the point is, is that... um, Well, yeah, it makes it hard for me when I want to spend... I'm not going to tell say over the web, over this podcast, how much I charge for a logo, but 
Um, it makes it hard to justify when they think mm-hmm. they can get the same thing for 10 bucks yeah, on a website. A, that one's a good example of it's helping maybe some small time graphic designer who doesn't have any other clients. They don't have any way to get started and get business going. It's helping them. But it's also um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's Not just diminishing. Dim- like, it is. It's diminishing the tarnishing. Um, I like the word diminishing better. Like it's diminishing the skill and the craft yeah. the craft of sure well because really we're not, not all built the same same as in real estate it's yeah like they're not all built the same well it that's 100 percent true it's like we it, what did we say last week there's twenty three thousand five hundred or some crazy number of agents in this area we do not all work the same we do mm-hmm. not all provide the same experience we do not have the same anything and so it makes it hard for consumers to know what's what. So they use platforms like the yeah, these they, other things. Because they look nice and they're simple to use. And, and they, they have huge advertising budgets. Right. That can post, you know, basically like here's some some real estate examples. Um, Homelight, it's like they basically just have a website and a huge ad budget. Yeah. They make and, they make nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they, no yeah, they absolutely product. they and and I mean, really like they're just a referral company, essentially, but what they're referring is just leads and calling it referrals. But, right. um, <laughs> but they don't own anything except a website domain. But they have the marketing budget that no single agent or team could touch. Yeah. So they can advertise like find your you know the best match for your your real estate needs. And regular consumers who don't have the time or care to research it, um, go to that place. But then they've they've inserted somebody in the middle of our business and Homelight has to get paid for that. And then the consumer then still wants to get it for less <laughs> and because other platforms have treated or, you know, kind of trained them that everything should cost less. And it makes it harder for us to earn the same money, have have the same goals, all of that stuff. So I think you just but have to the, start at the same time, like when you when you are a for when you are an experienced enough agent that you are actually getting leads, I know that's what they are is leads from home light means that you've built your business up to where you are being chosen for that. Those are also leads that you would normally mostly. And I know that this isn't always the case be you wouldn't normally be getting those leads. Except I know. I know. Well, nope, I know. Except for two. I know that that's happened to you. But I should tell that story. <sighs> okay. Well, let's take a break. <laughs> okay. And then we'll come back, and you can tell your your home light story. Okay. 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 Let's take a break. And we're back. So I was going to tell a story. Yeah. Two stories. Is that okay? Mm, why don't you tell one and we'll see how it goes <laughs> okay well so homelight is a referral based kind of service like we said and so what happens is um people you know watch the ad or see the ad somewhere and they say oh i need a real estate agent in orlando and they go and they put in their information and then they they kind of fill out a profile of like what they're looking for and then it assigns them an agent so like Pat was saying, in order to be chosen, you kind of have to have a decent sales history to begin with. And so um, because Homelight's going to pair them with somebody that's actually going to sell this house, like the only way Homelight makes money is if they get paid the referral fees. So they want to partner 
with the top agents in the area so that they actually get referral fees, yeah. right? People it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a brand new agent, you go create a profile on Homelight, it's unlikely that you're going to be selected um, for that that thing. But so what happens though, well, two two stories. So one, this was a couple years ago, we got a referral from a personal, um, like a past client, a past client referred a buyer to us. Within the same week, I can't remember which came first, we got a home light lead and it was the same person. Kayla's trying to remember. <laughs> I want to say he came, it was the past client let us know that it was coming our way and then it came through, through that way. Yeah. So light. now what I don't know the answer to is did that person, the, the past client referral, did he go searching for me mm-hmm. and then end up on home light and put in his information? That could have happened. Yeah. Or did he go to Homelight looking for an agent? And meanwhile, our past client said, hey, oh, no, you, you should use Catherine. Anyways, we had to pay a referral fee to um, Homelight, yeah. even though he was referred by a past client within within the same week. Yeah. They don't care. And, you know, there's no way to prove like there's no way to prove like this is my past client referral, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, is that if we had built a really strong um, I hate to say moat because I feel like other people say that, but I don't know how else to describe it. Is like if we had built this really strong moat around our business, like we've been told to do multiple times over the last three or four years um, at these conferences that we go to, then when that past client referred this person to us, he would have done it the right way and he would have given me the contact information. So I would have called that person before that person ever went to that website yeah. looking yeah. for an agent and since then I, I know nothing's ever perfect but since then a lot of things have been put in place to make yes. sure that people past clients know i mean that was How? before we even had the vip program so it was like yes now they know specifically like this is how you have a friend who wants to buy or sell the house this is how this works yes and i think like like i don't tell I don't necessarily tell every past client this, but I think it's good to just tell them like, hey, I don't want them to end up with a bad agent because they walk into an open house or they go to some website and all of a sudden some person's showing them houses like you're my past client. You had a really great experience. Let's make sure your friends and family have the same. And it's okay to just be like honest about like this is how the industry goes. And I don't want your friends or family to end up with a bad agent because of that that process. So, um, so that's one story. Can I tell the other? Mm, okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. The other one is also about home life. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know the, the full details of how they came to me, but we sold a property on a street and two doors down. Really? It was on a street? <laughs> well, I don't know what else to say. We <laughs> sold a house and two doors down from that house, like within, it wasn't that long, like within six months, maybe. We got a, a home light lead on the same street, two doors down with those people who had inquired about us listing their home. And I am pretty confident that he came directly. Like, I don't know exactly. I've never filled out a home light um, form because I don't want people calling me. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure he was looking for me because that's when I went to the listing presentation. That was kind of the conversation was like, yeah, I know you sold the house two doors down, blah, blah, blah. Well, shouldn't I have gotten in front of that piece of business if we were doing our door knocking around open houses, if we were doing our just sold postcards perfectly, if we were doing all the things that we're supposed to do, we know we are, but sometimes don't happen perfectly. 
we would have gotten that listing without Homelight getting in the middle of it because then I had to pay Homelight or a yeah. pro fee for, for something that I should have had anyways. And those are just lessons learned. Lessons both, learned. both of those were a couple of years ago and Homelight was just getting going. And, you know, you just realized really quickly like this, this is getting in the way of my business. I need to stop this from happening. I need to get in their way first. <laughs> yeah. Right. Both those mistakes were what, like 2000 ish or whatever mistakes. Oh, I don't know. They might have been more than that. Yeah, they're probably a little bit more than that. But it's just, you know, lessons learned and you just have to keep working on the sphere and those people that, you know, are going to send you business. So let's make sure they do it the right way (laughs) for their benefit, too, because truly, like if I get a home light referral, that particular that particular seller had asked me about reducing my commission mm-hmm. and I couldn't like I did not feel comfortable. But you you explained it to him in that moment, didn't you? I did I in a really tactful way. I just explained that, you know, there was a third party involved and that I could not offer any kind of discounted commission. And I also thought, you know, again, we talked about last week's episode. There are some times where if a house is going to sell quickly or, you know, if you feel like there's a reason to take it for a lesser commission, but I, as I'm sitting in the that particular listing presentation, I thought this house is very unique. This might take a long time for me to sell, and um, I've got a, a higher price point. Yeah, I've got a a referral fee to pay, and these people um, they're super nice, and they're going to need a lot of handholding. Yep, and so I need to make sure that I'm prepared to take this, like I have to take this listing for what, what I consider a full, full rate commission. And, um, also I was pretty confident that I was the only person that they were interested in working with because of my sale two doors down. Like that's how I got in the door, but I should have gotten in the door for that reason without having to pay home light. So, you know, again, nothing against that platform. It has given us business that we would have not otherwise had. It's just, I think you have to know, like, it's there as a bonus thing. You should still build your business around. As if it doesn't exist. Right, exactly. It's like you don't, just like any other referral, and those aren't even referrals, those are leads. But even referrals, like you can say, you can stand back and kind of look at like the last five years and look at how many referrals you've gotten from other agents from other parts of the country and go, okay, I'm seeing like last year, you know, three or four or six or eight. And stuff, but you don't base your business off of off of have to have to get referrals from another agent. And I wouldn't do that with Homelight either. I would just look at it as bonus. Yeah. You know, it's like you can you can you you use uh you know we were we're gonna get X amount of of deals from our sphere, from farming, from things that you can actually look at the numbers and see and see how you have some control over. You don't have any control on whether or not whether or not a realtor from Nebraska calls you and says, "Hey, I've got somebody who's moving to Orlando." You have no control, so don't factor that in to your sales at all. Well, and then also put that put that away for like a put that money away for a rainy day. <laughs> well, and then also like when it comes to making your business plan, um, if you just kind of adjust your commission downward, like when you're building out the oh, the yeah, economic model. Yeah. If you adjust your commission rate down a little bit, then you accommodate for those things. Because again, home light is here. It's not going away. 
Um, there's other websites that have similar things like Estately, which isn't a really big one, but it's a referral based thing. Um, and then you have Zillow doing whatever they're up to. And um, there's relocation companies out there too. Relocation I'm sure companies. Catch wind and start expediting on those processes. Oh man, relocation companies referral fees are crazy yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> um, but all of those those things that eats into the commission. So if you build your business plan based on a lower rate than you're hoping to charge, then then you won't be so shocked when at the end of the year you're like, right, where'd all the money go? Yeah, like like I didn't get as much as or I didn't make as much as I thought we were going to. Um, so if you want to hit your goals, then you know. A, adjust for the industry we're in. Assume that some of these deals are going to cost you more because of referral fees. Assume you're going to lose some business because of Zillow. Like just build it in to your plan because it's it's here. Like there's no going back in time now. Um, I think we all wish we could <laughs> go back in time and like make sure that Zillow didn't create a um, real estate website that basically just sold us back our own leads. But that already it already happened and has been around now since 2000, I think, is when Zillow was founded. I did not look up that stat, so I could be wrong. <laughs> but that's that's a long time for them to be around and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 you like I was saying before, it's not, it's not going anywhere. You don't know what their plans are for the future. And we don't know what the market's going to bear in the future right now um there aren't a lot of listings houses sell pretty quick so it's a little bit easier to uh to uh get that house sold and uh even if you're if if not you or not our listeners but even if a realtor isn't that great at their job they can still sell a listing generally speaking in this market um but yeah. at some point we don't know when that's going to shift and so will everything else. So you can't, you have to make sure that your, your sphere and what you're doing is impenetrable from those things, from the market shift or from a new technology emerging. And the only way that you do that is with relationships mm -hmm. and, and stay and staying in touch with past clients. And you know what I think? I think like whatever you think of um, Zillow, and also I looked that up as 2004, but still that's 16 years, yeah. 17 years. Um, no, 16 because it was December. So that's a really long time to be around. That's why they're like a name brand for people when it comes to that. I mean, SNL just parodied that, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and so true. <laughs> like, I think that it's just really we, funny. We used it to find applications for renters. Yeah, yeah. For, our, for our, our rental properties. Well, and why? Because it was cheap to find qualified people. And I knew people were on there <laughs> looking because we had I had it in four different places. And the only I would say Zillow outnumbered all of the rest added together. Zillow still outnumbered it five to one. Wow. But but you know what, though? This is the thing to think about is like whatever Zillow is, is up to. There's something else out there that will come along that will change everything yes. again. Yeah. And yeah. we don't even know what that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't. Yes. The, and, the, and the technology compounds on itself so quickly, so fast, like we were saying about what, just a, a smartphone to uh, to being able to stream video. It's like you don't we don't really have any idea. And we're not futurists where we can look and say five years from now, 
uh, this is what how people are going to be looking at homes. There's it's very possible that with augmented reality and VR and all of these other things, there can be all sorts of different. I mean, Matterport gets better and better every year. It's like how long before Google Glass was a thing and then it disappeared. Remember that that thing? How long before something like that they they figure out how to how to make that Oculus. Uh, VR system smaller and cheaper and and smooth where you can just put your glasses on and walk through the house and see every aspect of it. It's like it's it's not that far off. I mean, I, that's within the next five years. That's oh, going to yeah. be a and, thing. And that's just that's like um, basically shopping without going to the house. That's you'll be able to look around the house. You'll be able to they'll you'll be able to touch and and touch the the stove and it'll say Kenmore brand blah 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 and then take two more steps and look over here and then see new vinyl windows installed 2017 yeah and all of that will just be you can sit from the comfort of your house and do that should we be talking right now or should we have this as top secret and then launch it oh i don't know i'm not sure somebody else is already doing they're already doing it it's already doing and think about this like just think about this we already have um open door Open door, you can go and um and and Zillow, Zillow has, has that now. now. I just yeah. saw that today. Yeah, so you can, as a consumer, click a button, go to uh, or have an app on a phone. Sorry, have an app on a phone. Go to the house, open the door with the app. It locks behind you, and then there's some cameras so that they can check on. Um, so you don't need somebody to open the door for you for at least those portion of listings, and um, then. Think of, and then okay, so Zillow bought showing time, so you can easily schedule a showing and then go and show it yourself, right? And then I was saying to Pat the other day, like, well, and then after you're done with the showing, you get a little notification that says Zillow suggests that the estimate on this property is, you know, five hundred and ten thousand dollars. Would you like to make an offer? Sure. <laughs> you click a button, fill out a form. Would you like to get pre-approved with our mortgage company? Sure. <laughs> we'll save you, you know. $1,000, sure, click. And then all of a sudden you've made an offer without a human being at all. It's total, yeah. It's all there already. But the point is, is that what do we know in this market? Well, if you did all that, a your offer ain't getting accepted. Yeah, well, that's, that's that. <laughs> yes, that is all true. And my thing is, is that that works great when there's no issue at all, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as there's a wrench thrown in the, because it's like, would you like to make an offer? And it's like, well, we will. And then you start getting into the other side of it where the listing, the listing people, they don't want to close for 60 days because they've got to do this with their house and, and they have a contingency and this and that and all of those things. And it's all being handled through emails and all of that stuff. So until all, all of that has to be figured out, you can't just what you're talking about, Catherine, is like the we're going to give it a one off and see it and see if it works perfectly. And it's like you have to run something through a million different uh, run the thing through a million different scenarios and it needs to work on all of them for it to be a success. That's a ways off for that to be the case. And my point, I guess, is by the time that happens, the the real estate industry as a whole will have shifted and found their way so that that doesn't bother the the way the the industry works. But can I tell you something? So, um, and then I I, I 
so besides that, like, okay, would you like to make an offer as I'm leaving the house? Yeah, I would. I want to make an offer right this second. I don't need to call my agent and, and try to reach her. And then she can't get back to me until five o'clock. I can just or make an he. offer right now. <laughs> and then, and then they also, because they own showing time, they, they say, oh, by the way, um, you know, we've, we've seen a lot of activity on this house. It's had 40 showings in the last day. Would you like to increase your offer by X percent? Or would you like to include an escalatory clause? Or would you like to do this or that to improve the odds of your offer being accepted? Yeah. All of that stuff. I think that's, I think, except what's an escalatory clause? Like you're, you're like that, that I think there are people just like we are, just like there are people who will buy a car sight unseen off the, off of a website or off an app and and have somebody go drive it to them there is a large part of this country a lar- large part of the human ra- race that wants to they want to know they want well, they want they want to read that contract they want someone to explain it to them they want to say how many cylinders is this what how, what's the gas mileage what's the and regardless of all that information being there they want someone to hold their hand through it so I'm I'm not saying that that it's not that's not going to happen. It's it, I think that I think that you're right on target with with where it's going. I just believe that there's a certain amount of people who will never do that. Well, there are, and then also, so we talked about before, like buyers want customer service and and sellers want expertise. So what we're talking about is make it's making it easier for buyers to get that quick kind of thing going. Um, but sellers still want, I want the most money. I want the best terms I want to sell my house when I want to sell it. And I don't want to go back yeah. and forth. Well, the guy um, from Zillow Geek Squad with the, wearing his, his polo shirt with the Z on the side of it. Is that who you want to hire for your listing agent? Or do you want somebody who's well, and been some in people, the business for 25 and years? And some people and, will. Because like we said, like we said, it's just, that's why I think it's so important to some people will, because it's convenient, just like some people will sell their house for 40% less than market value because they get the convenience of choose my own closing date and I can go buy another house. Yeah. Some people choose to do it for sale by owner because they think they can and they prefer to do it themselves. Um, There are always going to be those people. And so it's about finding the people who um, appreciate professional services the niche target markets that are important and your sphere who trust you and call you up when they think of real estate. Like I love when I get a phone call that's like, Hey, can I, or a text message that's like, Hey, can I pick your brain about investing? We're thinking about doing that to or we're thinking, get into we're, retirement. Or we're blah. thinking about redoing our kitchen. Right. What do you, what, what do you think? They're not even thinking about selling the house. Yeah. And they, they could just, just as easily go Google, Google that, that. Yeah. and yet they're texting me about it. That means that I've got those those people trust my advice more than they trust the internet. That's when I know I have a solid right. sphere. And that's for every agent out there. That's that's what you're you don't want to be taken over and 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 live in fear of what Zillow might might do. That's what you grasp onto is that that sphere, and you build it and build it and massage it like we've talked about. A million times on this episode. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's like it's like that's 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 most of it is right there. You know, is with that. Well, and and think about it like this, um, because I think this is a really great example. Like, I could go to H and R Block to do my taxes. I could go actually to their website right now and fill in a form online without talking to a human being and do my taxes and e file it. TurboTax and TurboTax too. All all those, um, and. I choose not to. 
I have a CPA who I send my information to and I'm not going to change that because I need that person to make sure that I'm doing things the right way because this is a really big deal, right? I don't want to owe a ton in taxes. I don't want to make a mistake and mess up. Well, I, I believe that real estate is the same way, at least for most people, that this is their biggest asset. And so there are going to be those people that make those quick decisions and choose to work with an online platform to sell their house. But a lot of people won't do that because there is a lot of nuance and communication and there is skill in negotiating. If there wasn't, then I wouldn't sell houses for more than the average agent or, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there's, there is, there is just, there's lots of stuff that happens in those back and forth conversations. We have gotten offers accepted because of those, those conversations, even when our offer was not the highest price, because we were able to explain to the, the seller's agent why this was a better offer for these particular seller's situation not because they were making the most money, but because I understood what they needed to accomplish Mm -hmm. and my buyers could make that happen. How do you do that via form? I'm not saying you can't. And for some people, it is just as simple as I'm not willing to pay more than this price and I'm going to close on this date and this is the offer I'm submitting and I don't care if it gets rejected. Okay. Well, good luck with that. At least the first time. (laughs) Oh, it'll be interesting to see how many people when, when you start hearing of, um, well, you know, we went through Zillow and it didn't really work out or we went through what one of these other sites like we tried to we tried to get our, you know, we made four five offers and none of them were accepted. Or they get an offer accepted and it's for or a price that's what happens outrageous. what happens as a listing agent, you know, it's like when you're a listing agent and you have multiple offers and some of those offers are from and one of the offers is from an agent that you've worked with in the past that you know has has their shit together right and then the other one is a va loan and then the other one is from some real estate company you've never heard of before and and all of those things like when you present all of those offers to your uh client those are all variables that are being used in in helping them make the right decision of who they're going to pick yeah so how long before one of those is oh this is a Zillow agent. Well, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? This like is a Zillow mortgage company. Like this is the Zillow mortgage. I, I we've you know what I mean? Like or this person who is it's like that's that's going to be a reality too. Well, and I think you know uh, there is something to understand, and this is more talking to I think sellers than anybody else. But um, you know if if Zillow was the end all be all to selling a house or getting the most money or whatever, you know, they're going to try and put out there. Um, then why are there, there's tons of for sale by owners who are just sitting on the market and haven't sold their house because they don't know what they're doing and they don't have anybody guiding them. And so again, could, could though Zillow hire local people as salaried agents? Sure. Yes. And then that's what you're talking about is that, you know, well, it's not going to change overnight. I'm still going to have the listing and be like, oh, you right. know, hey, Mr. Seller. Who's, who's the, <laughs> yeah, who's the agent that is doing it for an hourly rate for Zillow? You want that person representing you? You want that person writing up the contract on the other side? I wouldn't. Well, the, bu- but, but see, with buyers. No, I, I, no, the, I'm talking about as the list. As, no, I know. As, I'm just saying, but for buyers, they may not. They don't care. They don't, they don't know. It's and, not, it's not even that they don't care. I just think they don't understand. Yeah maybe the difference um 
well, no, when you I can, don't know if that's true, but yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, I guess it's like, it's like if I was me, like if I was a first time home buyer, that's the last thing I would want. I'd want somebody, I'd want to go sit in an office with somebody and for them to tell me that everything's going to be okay and that they're <laughs> going to walk me through the whole process. Yeah. And then all I have to do is pick a house and they'll tell me whether or not this is going to work and all of those things. It's like that doing it all online is well, now maybe that's me showing my age, but well, the, but, but it's not age though. It's, it, it's pref. I mean, some of it might be age, but it's, pref- Hey, I was kidding. <laughs> Got you bad. But it's, but it's preference. And so, yeah, there are always going to be people who will be looking for experts in their field to help them with this big, purchase or this big sale so you know again just and chances are those people are going to be people in your sphere friends family people you've worked with in the past yeah or if you target a specific niche of some kind and you are an expert in that area then that will help you and then you know again just like build build your business around the knowledge that you are going to lose people to the convenience factor of something like that or build your business around what convenience factors we have. Like, would it be so terrible if you had um, the the ability to have somebody go look at their own house and, you know, do their own showing and then come back to you and say, I'd like to make an offer. Right. But you get paid a little bit less, but it's like. Right. Okay. But I don't have to have a showing agent. Well, yeah. Or, you or know, I just whatever, to, like whatever is I, being. I've got more time. I don't have to drive across town to open up doors for people I can just send them over there themselves and they can open the door yeah well I'm just uh, yeah I'm just saying like whatever is being um you know when we when it comes to like a home light well in, in those kind of situations sometimes you're not actually having to set the appointment it's kind of being set for you so yes you're paying a fee for that but like you didn't have to do it you know right yeah so just right. don't calculate it into your business plan. It yeah. could be it could be scary and hard if you're a single agent, you don't have an assistant, it's just you. Um, you haven't really had that opportunity yet to realize that you can pay people to do other things that leverage your time for you to make more money. So I could see how a single agent seeing some of these new technologies develop can be very scared about that because they feel like they're losing on it. Because they haven't actually thought about the that they're it's all it's all being leveraged. It's leverage time that home light appointment that was set was leverage time that you didn't have to do it. But if you're a single agent, you've never leveraged your time before by paying anybody. It's kind of being forced on you, and that can be scary. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I agree. I concur. Great. <laughs> Great. In that case, let's take a break. Okay. The Think Live B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Live B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. What's next? So we have some time for a segment. Okay. That we've done before. What's it called? Why do you know? Why do you know? I did and I've traveled the 
What do you know? So in this segment, what do you know? Kat and Kayla will compete by guessing the answer to my painstakingly researched questions. Whoever is the closest wins. This game is close to, to the pin rules, not prices right rules. You can go over and still win. If you get it right on the nose, you get double points. Catherine has seven wins. <laughs> Kayla has one. One oh, baby. No. Is this even fair anymore? It is, absolutely. There's always time to catch up. We've got thousands of more episodes I'm to do. I'm a great so. sport. I'm going to watch 9-7. So although okay. t- although today is past Valentine's Day when people are listening to this. Valentine's. Okay. Um, we don't celebrate Valentine's. This is, uh, that's, that's our theme today is Valentine's Day. Okay. That's mm-hmm. fun. Okay. Venus is the Roman goddess of femininity, love, beauty, and gardens. She embodies the female attributes of life. Venus was said to have had many romantic exploits with both gods and mortals. Today, she's mainly known as the goddess of love. But in the era of Roman em- of the o- Roman Empire, she held many responsibilities, including desire, lust, victory, and prostitution. The favorite flower of Venus was the red rose, which is why the bud stands for, for strong romantic feelings and used in courtship as a symbol of love. Red roses make up the vast majority of roses sold each year. How many roses are grown specifically for Valentine's Day? In the United States? How many roses are grown specifically for Valentine's Day? Roses really smell. <laughs> that, yes. was like, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's in the United States. Um, how many roses? In the millions. Are we doing bundles? In, doing how, how many roses? Single roses Single in the millions. Roses. I'm going to guess... 105 million. Oh, wow. I said 328. 328 million. Oh, we might have to do some math. It's 250 million. Mm, that's a tough one. Figure that out, guys. You say 250? 250 million. I think, Kayla, it was 105. You're closer. We don't have to do math on this. Okay. (laughs) So um, 64% of of the roses are bought by men. Okay. Did 30, you get flowers? Thir- no, I don't buy okay, flowers. Okay, me neither. Mm-hmm. I, got, I did get a, pos- a homemade pasta dish I for dinner. I got a heart-shaped yes. ribeye. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, only 36% of women buy flowers for Valentine's Day, although 15% of women admit they will send flowers to themselves on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Well, that's not necessary. And meanwhile, 61% of all ages say they would like to receive flowers from a woman for Valentine's Day. I sent you dead flowers. I know. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> so, who got One that? 1-0. Kayla, Kayla, Kayla the big winner. Yep. <clears throat> that was just luck. <laughs> Bridegroom, dear to my heart. Goodly is your beauty, honey sweet. Lion, dear to my heart. Goodly is your beauty, honey sweet. These are the lines from an ancient Sumerian cuneiform tablet named Istanbul slash 2461 which is believed to contain the oldest love poem ever found. The tablet was unearthed in Lower Mesopotamia in 1889 and is said to have been written between 1972 and 1964 BC. Fast forward to today, and most poems are printed on 65-pound cover cardstock and sold at every corner store throughout the world. How many of these cards are exchanged each year for Valentine's Day in the U.S.? These are tough. I know. This is, yeah, this is also in the millions. Big. All right, I got mine. Six ninety three. Six hundred ninety three million. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. I'll have a calculator. That's three times the number of people in the country. 
Maybe no. people got three girlfriends. There's huh? 330 million people in the country. So it's two times. No, the, oh, yes. Yeah, two, two times. Uh, you guys in your math. I'm not I know, sure I'm, about I'm you not, two. I'm not firing today. Um, I'm going to guess uh, 714 714 million. million. It's $145 What? There's less cards exchanged than roses? Well, because probably because you buy a dozen roses. Mm, I see Uh, what you did there. You said single roses. Yeah. I get it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Okay. So what did you say? I said 714. And what what did you say, Kayla? I can't remember. 693. 693. Kayla wins. Kayla wins. That's a sad win, though. It is. Why do I get like the... The rom-com and Valentine's. I know. I know. Can I tell you though that 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 took a lot of effort to um, carve something into stone? Yeah, I thought that was that's that a lot was of love. Yeah. That is neat. Mm-hmm. Go it's back to the neat. old times, boys. <laughs> <laughs> In girls. 1847, a Boston pharmacist named Oliver Chase invented an apothecary loz- lozenge cutter. Up until that time, it was a labor-intensive process that involved pulverizing with a mortar and pestle, kneading dough, rolling it out, and cutting it into small discs. These lozenges, which were medicine mixed with sugar paste, were a popular remedy for sore throats and other ailments. Oliver Chase then had the idea to remove the medicine and just make candy. The candy lozenges became what we know today as Necco wafers. And in 1866, Oliver's brother, Daniel, devised a way to press words onto these Necco wafers using a felt roller pad and food coloring. And these, quote, conversation candies called motto lozenges were led to led way to the candy hearts we know today. How many flavors are there of the original Necco wafer hearts? I was just talking about these things because they were my favorite candies. And Amanda brought me a box of them today, this morning. Well, that's not fair. I don't, well, I didn't sit there and count them. <laughs> the original ones, like the flat ones and the, the ori- rolly things? No, the original hearts. Oh, the original hearts. The original hearts mm-hmm. back when they were. I'm going to let her guess first. I feel like she's cheating. Three. I'm not cheating. I just ate them a lot. Four. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say six. Catherine. Dang it. Double points. Dang oh, it. Six is the I answer. What colors did I, what, did they have purple back then? White, white was winter green. Yeah. Purple is grape. Oh, they did have purple. Orange is orange. Yeah. Green is lime. Pink is cherry, and yellow, yellow is banana. I like those little white ones. I do, too. They're my so, favorite. Yellow and the white ones. It says there are enough candy hearts made each year to stretch from Valentine, Arizona to Rome, Italy, and back again. The number of these candy hearts produces approximately 8 billion. Wow. Oh, my gosh. You oh, know, that was fun. I thought they stopped making them for a long while until recently. One of the companies did stop was making it? them. Was it? Okay. I yeah. thought I saw something. So crazy. Sweethearts, I think. Stop making them. Um, okay, so that tied. means we're all tied up, oh. right? Is that one one? Two 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 two. two, two. Yeah. Okay. Cat got double points. Oh oh, I. S- <clears throat> okay. <laughs> In a series series of interconnected stories stories, various Los Angeles residents wind their way through the highs and lows of love during a single day. As the holiday unfolds, they experience first dates, longtime commitments, youthful crushes. And connections to Old Flames, directed by Gary Marshall and starring Jessica Alba, Kathy Bates, Jessica Biel, Bradley Cooper, Patrick Dempsey, Jamie Foxx, Jennifer Gardner, Topher Grace, Anne Hathaway, Ashton Kutcher, Taylor Lautner, Taylor Swift, what? Emma Roberts, Julia Roberts, and Queen Latifah. How? What is the tomato meter score for 2010's Valentine's Day? Oh my goodness. How did they get that many people? 
It was Gary Marshall. And those people. Call me Gary. What was the question? What was the final? <laughs> what was the question? I'm not reading that again. <laughs> no, the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, yeah the yeah, Tomato yeah. Meter score. So the critic so critic score. Who is well, Gary Marshall's? I'm intrigued now. Gary Marshall created and produced Happy Days oh. and Laverne and Shirley oh. and Mark and Mindy. I know all of those. Yeah. Oh, Mark well, and, and Mindy. Lots of movies. Oh, Mark and Mindy. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. okay. I got my number. Okay. Okay. Am I going? Go ahead. <laughs> What was the question? Don't you dare. <laughs> Rotten tomato score. Oh, uh, <laughs> see? 20%. Really? Don't you change your I number. I wasn't. 67 was my number. The was tomato meter bad? score is 18%. Oh, oh, look at me winning. Was it that bad? <laughs> Why With is, all of those people in it. Yeah. Oh Why God. is the movie Valentine's Day like outer space? <laughs> because it's a big nothing filled with stars. <laughs> Oh man, that's a that's a good one. That Kayla is that Kayla is a joke. <laughs> I love it. So what? Um, who? So K- Catherine got that one. So we're at what three three, three, three two three two. I win. Okay, so this is the last questions, and I don't have a tiebreaker either. So if Kayla gets this, you guys have a tie. Okay. Okay. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Wait, Go is ahead. this? I'm a- still laughing at the joke. <laughs> oh yeah. Was that the last question? Yeah, that no, this is the last question. Oh. In the mid 19th century in England, Richard Cadbury's chocolate company had recently improved its process for making drinking chocolate, and as a result, they had excess cocoa butter. Not letting anything go to waste, they used the leftover cocoa butter to experiment and create all sorts of different chocolates. In order to market the company's new experiments, they created the first heart-shaped box to display their little creations, and the first Valentine's candy box was born and sold for 25 cents. Fast forward to today. La Madeleine au Truff is the creation of Danish artisan chocolatier Fritz uh, Nipschult, <laughs> a.k.a. the Willy Wonka of Brooklyn, New York. I'm sorry, aka the Willy Wonka of Connecticut. And it's sold as not as cool. <laughs> and it's sold at the chocolate room in Brooklyn, New York. The chocolate starts with a decadent 70% Valrona dark chocolate, heavy cream, sugar, truffle oil, and vanilla as the base for the rich decadent ganache. A rare French Perigold truffle is then surrounded by this rich decadent ganache and is enrobed in vo- Valrona dark chocolate and then rolled in fine cocoa powder. It's served on a bed of sugar pearls and displayed in a silver box. This is considered the most expensive chocolate in the world. How much is this chocolate per pound? I'm hungry. Per For pound? Chocolate. It doesn't include the silver box because we're talking just the chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Postage? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> per pound. Okay, Kayla has to go first on this one. Pound of chocolate? That sounds very fancy. A pound of chocolate is probably it's kind of a lot. This much. What I can't see. I'm okay. gonna say per pound. Why am I looking in the thousands? I don't know, but we're gonna go with it. Seven thousand dollars. Okay. I'm gonna say nine hundred and fifty. What? Nine hundred and fifty dollars? Yeah. The correct pri- the the correct answer is two thousand six hundred dollars i think i'm closer you're closer yeah or two hundred and fifty dollars per truffle wow 250 per truffle dang that how much better would be my good. truffle have been 
<laughs> Seven times so, that. <laughs> so I win. Catherine wins. Now I reign eight to one. Yes, you, are the you can have that and Valentine's you know? win. You know what? I just didn't want it. I did was. look. I did look. Go to this guy's website for this this chocolatier and stuff, and you look him up, and you can. Um, they do sell like he has other truffles that are smaller and stuff, but they're still. It's like. 80 bucks for it's like it's re- yeah it's, it, it is it's like it is like 80 bucks and it's like for one oh, chocolate the insane. size of a golf ball yeah so when we go do we need to go to connecticut or brooklyn to brooklyn 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 so is where if we is. ever go to new york you can order them you can get you can order that stuff online you can't get the expensive truffle online, online. No. no yeah that's like a treat yourself trip yeah <laughs> all right Small wins. Okay, I'm gonna say mine first. Okay, I never do that, but um, I well, I'll give you a couple small wins. Small win number one, I just won that round of what do you know? No. <laughs> <laughs> small win number two, um, I worked I worked a lot this weekend and wrote wrote up three offers, which is great, but I did have a pretty busy Valentine's Day and didn't really get to do anything like fun fun but Kayla brought me a delightful little gift on Galentine's Day and it made the weekend a special little weekend yeah nice little gift Galentine's Day is the day before the day before Valentine's Day from Parks and Rec yeah it's meant for the lady friends it was very sweet thank you you're welcome Kayla well I had an amazing Galentine's Day I shared my love with all my ladies um i thought that was really aesthetic like the blue mm-hmm. that was very fitting to go somewhere and it wasn't going to die in a week so <laughs> i got you dead flowers so very cute <laughs> um but i spent i had a nice day with my friend red we made uh flower crowns for galentine's day while watching what some, are those uh flower crowns <laughs> i'm kidding awesome. you know, oh like for your oh like, oh, like tiara yeah like, i okay. went to hobby lobby got all the little like arts and crafts stuff okay and made my own crown out of flowers and yellow white flowers and, and then, greenery. And you did what? And watch Parks and Rec. Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's relaxing and nice. Yeah, that is nice. That's a nice and, little Saturday. Yep. <laughs> and my small win is I have, uh, I think yesterday or the day before yesterday, I started the long search for a new puppy for <gasps> us. <gasps> We're getting a puppy. We're getting a new puppy, but I haven't decided yet where I'm getting the puppy from or any of those things. I've just started to put the feelers out to you kind of search. You just made this decision while well, I was writing up offers. We're yeah. getting I'm a gonna... puppy. Well, we were we've been ta- we've been talking about it for a lot for a while now, and um, so I think we're gonna go ahead and w- make that decision. And and uh, this is our version of a baby. This is big. This is a big deal, right? Yeah, so we're excited. Not as excited as Biscotti's going to be. She's going to have friends. That she's going to have. She's going to love it. Yeah. She's like, are you guys talking about me? Yeah, she's been in here this whole time. What a good girl. She's such a sweetheart. Hey, guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It helps new listeners to find us. You can also send questions or stories to us at our website, onseekingthebest.com. You can even leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the show. Send us a tweet at seekthebestpod. And for Kat, Kayla, and myself, Thanks for listening, and we'll figure this all out next week. Oh, we did it at the same time. We did. (laughs) This has been a Think Live Be production.